Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today I'm so excited about this episode because I have on high school teacher, football coach, and probably one of the most fit people that I've ever met in my life, Coach Rodney Keller. Coach Keller, I am so grateful to have you on today. Bro, thank you so much for reaching out about it, man. I love it. I love talking shop, and I'm super flattered that you reach out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, of course. It's it's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it too. But first of all, Coach, can you please give all the listeners out there your experience with Christian athletics and how you felt like God has used you through the sports that you played and coached? Oh my God, like that's such a long, complex, like horribly verbose <laughs> question that can literally, that, that could spiral off in so many directions for me. You know, as a kid growing up, my mom was always the, my mom is a woman of faith. She is, you know, when we were a kid growing up, we lived on the West side of Jack's growing up and uh, my dad in the roofing company and uh, growing up, it was Sunday with church doors were open. You were there Monday night was, I think we called it Awana's at that point in time and Wednesdays where the doors were open and we were there and my mom beat that drum and beat that drum and beat that drum as kids. And then, you know, I came up through high school and, you know, I did my own thing and I ran around and I lived a real life, you know, but my mom built that base as a kid, you know, getting us in church and instilling that message in us and instilling those values in, uh, in me and my family. And that's definitely something that I've, as I've grown older, I've grown with my, in my relationship with God. And I've something that, you know, spiritually, you know, now, especially, you know, being a teacher and being a coach and being in front of young people and being a, a husband and being a dad, that's just grown so much, you know, in the last 15 and 20 years for me. But so much of that is can Todd be tied directly back into the fact that my mom instilled that in, into us at a really early age. And to be perfectly frank and honest, like, and I'm never going to cover this up. And I have, again, I have real conversations with real people. And even in the 21st century, in this digital thing that we're doing, there's so much value and talking and having real conversations with people for the relatability part of it. I ran around and I acted like a wild man for a while. I did, mm -hmm. you know, I, again, I lived a very, very real life. And, you know, as again, as I've gotten older and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I've grown up and matured to some degree <laughs> and my relationship spiritually, my relationship with God, with God has just continued to grow and to grow and to grow. And I can't tell you enough how ironic the timing is of you reaching out about doing this podcast and the questions that you sent me, like it was such a, God's always on time. Mm -hmm. This And the fact that you get, you sent me these questions a couple of weeks ago with some timing of some stuff that my wife and I've been talking about and just the reflective nature of, you know, Hey, you're flipping the reset on a new set of months. It's into a new year. And just like, what's your point of growth and emphasis going to be? It couldn't have timed up more perfectly. You reaching out about, doing this podcast tonight. So I got to thank you for sending those when you did. I don't know if there was any like grand plan to that, but it's just very odd, the timing of how that worked out. Yeah. That's something that throughout my life, and I've only lived 22 years, that it's God's timing. It's never your timing. And it's, it, once you realize that it's God's timing, you'll start to like notice, you know, flip that switch and be like, Oh, he did that for a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? And going back to what you said, like, I can relate to you about being a wild man because I experienced that too. And I'm sure like everybody else has. And it's just, it's crazy how God brings people together that have those same experiences yet realize that and are willing to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no question. And like, uh, you know, I think, you know, you and I were talking about earlier, I think, you know, what you're doing is such a cool concept just because 
in the age of media. And again, I have so many conversations with people every single day about social media is not real life and this isn't real life. And the, just the, the, the anger and the fear and the, the, the message that gets pumped, the outlet that media is also created for someone like you, that's got this positive message that's reaching out to people again, to have these conversations that someone could listen to. And they're like, Oh my God, I thought I was the only person that dealt with this or struggled with that or was just in a tough spot. I thought I was the only person that dealt with that. And you're like, no, like you're, no, you're just human. And that's all you are. And you just need to take the next step in that direction that you want to go because everybody's been there. So many people have, and it's, it's again, what you're doing is a super cool concept. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, that's, it's just awesome uh, having you on. And I mean, everyone that I talk to knows how motivated and like driven that you are. But I think the question that I think it's appropriate to ask, what gets you out of bed in the morning and what's, how do you stay motivated? Truthfully, you know, <laughs> motivation's not, most motivation's so overrated. It's such an environmental thing. You know, you can want to make these changes and you can, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But in the end, your environment is the most critical part of that. And luckily, you know, for me personally, in the last 15 years professionally and personally much longer, I've had the luxury of being surrounded by amazing leaders and amazing men and amazing coaches and role models and people in my life that have been so immensely influential. And where, truth be told, I think a lot of, you know, with the sports thing and the, that culture, and it's like it gets caught up in the X's and O's and tactics and this and that and the other. I've always been a person who came down and didn't always write down maybe the schematic part of it. But when I heard that person drop that wisdom and that thing, I came back and I wrote about it and I wrote it in a notebook and I kept track of those things. And I just, those are the things that I gravitated towards because I found so much value in that went so far past a football field or a weight room or a, you know, or a baseball field or a classroom. And over time I've just picking up, I, I've just, you know, taken up the reflective practice of this is what I do every single morning. This is my routine. This is what I do every single day. And every single day I have such an important job to stand in front of young people and to lead. That's all there is to it. And there's someone always watching you and maybe you don't get across to every single person that you talk to, but you have such an important role. You stand in front of so many people every single day and you have to make a choice when you're going to do that. What kind of leader are you going to be? Because you're going to lead in one way or another. And I've just chosen in 15 years professionally to say, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to stand in front of young people. And this is who I am. These are the principles I'm going to abide by because this is what's been instilled in me by people that have come, I've come across over the course of my life. And every single day, as long as I do that, this is what I'm going to do. This is just the way that it is. I'm not going to compromise my principles. And I've written about it. Like I, I'm a morning routine guy. I'm a reflective guy. I write, I read and I write every single morning. I pray every morning. I sit and I'm still every morning. I just, routine's not your enemy. Routine's the key. And you know, for me, my wife will <laughs> to a fault sometimes with me. Um, I just, I wholeheartedly believe in it. And I just think that, you know, if you're going to stand in front of young people, there's just not very many more influential positions that you could possibly have. And, and you know, as long as I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it in the right way. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's 
it is so crucial to get in a good routine because I mean, it's going to help so much more than you think it will. But moving to our discussion today, like this, like the title states of this episode, what we're really going to be focusing on is our talk in our talk is about identity. And I think we've all had some sort of battle with our minds and our personalities, but Coach, I wanted you on this episode because not only do you know what it means to be an athlete, but you also know what it means to be a Christian athlete, which is, as you probably know, harder. Uh, but first, have you ever had an identity crisis? And if so, how did you eventually get through that? Yeah, I mean, truth be told, like when I, you know, coming up through high school, and I, I so I played football and I wrestled in high school and I went and played uh, at HBC at a high school in West Virginia, played a little bit of division two ball. I literally played four games my freshman year. I played two games my sophomore year. I had two knee surgeries. I was in the hospital, the staph infection. I came home. But leading up to that was football was my deal. It was my life. It was my, it was, it was my existence. It was what I did. It was what I trained for. That game was the anchor to my day. Well, so now, you know, I'm, I'm 18, I'm 19 years old when I'm done playing. I come home again after that second surgery you know, playing college sports, it's it's overly romanticized a lot of times. And you think that you go off to school and it's going to be this wonderfully grand experience and people are going to line the, the sidewalks with rose petals for you. And it's going to be all of these sorts of things. And you get there and it's quite frankly, it's not because that's the reality of it. You're at a small school playing ball, which is fine. It's great. And football was my it was my jam, dude. It was my M.O. is what I did. Well, I'm 19 laying in a hospital bed with staph infection. And I'm like, well, this isn't really worth it. Okay. This is not, I'm going to go home. Well, I go home and my, the anchor of my day is gone and I was lost and I drifted and I was just like, I was in that place that nobody wants to be, which was, again, I put my identity in something that was temporary. And when I was 19, I didn't realize that I just never, I'd never made that connection. I'd never had that discussion to be frank, to be frank and be honest. I just, I never talked about that. And there I was at 19 years old and I was just like, holy crap, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? So on and so forth. And luckily, you know, right around that same time period, when I came home, um, coach Reap, Jim Reap was the head football coach at the time at clay high. And uh, he had reached out to me and we were talking back and forth. He and I've always had a very, a uh, good relationship, Coach Reap and I have so much respect for him. Just of my mentors, he's he's the people guy. Like he's on a different level, people guy. And he was like, "Hey, look, if you could come help in some way, I'd I'd love it. It'd be great." You know, they had a very they had a phenomenal football team that year, and I went back and I helped and I got back in that environment of that structure and of that regiment and of that discipline and got back in that environment around those people that again, that were said been so influenced on my life to that point and continue to be because I was helping there. And that was a major, that was a tremendous boon to me, you know, at 22 and 23. And I really still hadn't gotten back into a routine. You get back to what topic of being a Christian athlete. I hit, hadn't really gotten back in the routine of heading back to church and hadn't really made my spiritual relationship, something that was at the forefront of what I was doing. So I was really struggling in that regard, but at least I had gotten back to that structure and around people and a positive environment and around role models and those sorts of things. And just, there's just no quantifiable value you can put on something like that mm, for sure and going back to what you said about being a college athlete you were you were spot on like i thought it was gonna i was gonna come here as a college athlete to come into college and it just be so easy and 
I'd be, you know, playing every day, playing every game, but it's the complete opposite. It is a grind every single day, every single minute. Like you have to, the time management skills you learn by being a college athlete is just insane. It's absolutely insane. But yeah, you're, you're spot on. Uh, and I love that you brought up coach Reed because in eighth grade, I, he was a wrestling coach at, uh, Lake Asbury junior high. And I, you know, I, I was a chubby kid. So I, I went in there like, okay, I'm gonna lose some weight, uh, just by wrestling conditioning. And he beat my butt <laughs> every single day, just ran me and just through all of these drills. But he, he taught me so many good, valuable lessons. I mean, even through wrestling. Oh, and that's the thing. I think one of the things, again, that, you know, for me personally was like, again, so here is we're in class, this class, or we're in this practice, or we're in that sport. You build in your principles and your values to what you're doing. It does not need a separate two hour segment every day. Mm-hmm. It does not need those sorts of things because they're so intrinsically intertwined. Like you can't, you can't possibly separate those things. And I think for, you know, a lot of people's, again, this is just me outside looking in and I, and I had these, again, cause I have conversations with so many people and it's like, do you go to church? Do you play any sports? Like what's your, and again, what's your extracurricular? What are you involved in? What are you doing? That's bigger than you. And then the, and the underlying part of that's like, we're like, where are you developing ethics? And like, where are we talking about all of these sorts of things? And the conversations, we're not getting it. So if we're not going to church and we're not involved in sports and we're not involved in these extra, just let's say extracurricular things, because it can be anything and it can even be robotics and it can be coding and basket weaving and hamstring stretches. And it doesn't really matter if you're not getting ethics there, where are we getting them? And I just, what I see every single day, the scary part is we're getting it from social media. That's, it's not real life. It's, Mm-mm. it's just not real life. And it, it, it's so much of their world. I'd use my phone and I'd get this thing going right now if I could, but I'm using it right now what we're doing. And so we're so enveloped in this thing that's there. And in the end, it still just comes back to this, just like human interaction and talking and discussion. And it's, it's such a crazy world that we live in, but unfortunately it's the world we live in and it's not going anywhere. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's scary for sure. And that's, Something that's, I mean, it's been in the forefront of my mind for quite some time and it's just been, it's just crazy how we've let social media become so much bigger than it actually was meant for. It was actually just meant to be connected with somebody by the other end of the world, but it's turned into our lives. Um, But going back to this question, like having an identity crisis was pretty much the reason why I started this podcast because I mean, I've experienced identity, identity crisis myself and I've witnessed hundreds and hundreds of people like yourself, I'm sure, just constantly combat this problem. And it's it's just not limited to sports either. You can see that through the entirety of our culture nowadays. It's everywhere and it's so it's so omnipresent to a degree that again and I and again, conversations. What are you gonna do when this happens and you can't do this thing anymore? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And just look at the identity thing right now. Where are we people finding it? Political parties? People find it in the their people find it in their diet. People have found some way, okay, to create like this identity thing with the fact that they've gone vegan. <laughs> I 
I'm not kidding, dude. People literally yes. drink. It's so it's the strangest thing that yes. people are I eat vegetables and this is who I am. And I'm like, oh, what are you even saying? Or I only eat meat. I'm a carnivore. And I'm like, this is how this you're identifying as someone who eats meat or vegetables. Bro, how about you just eat meat and vegetables and we just change the conversation topic because that ain't identity. <laughs> but that's where people are finding it. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm a, I'm, an, I'm a carnivore. I'm like, you're not any of those things. Just calm down on that. And let's just get past the superficial ness and identity that people are cramming down your throat on social media. And let's have a real discussion. Mm, yeah. If you identify as a carnivore, as a herbivore, you're not a human. You are a dinosaur. You are. But <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. It's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> next question I have for you. Uh, how do you practically, practically live out showing Christ as your savior and as the one you try to replicate every day? I think the most practical way to do that, truth be told, is to maximize the gifts that God's given us. As every single person that you know has some has things that they're good at, right? I can't wish to be six foot eight and play NBA basketball, and I can't wish to do this and that and the other. But as average as I am at five foot eleven, with you know, ran a four nine forty in my little in my, my Rodney Keller three point three GPA in high school and whatnot. I had things that I could maximize. And I think understanding, hey, these are things that I'm good at and these are things that I'm not very good at, but focusing on the things that I do have, feel like I have some strength in and cultivating those things and growing those things and just maximizing the fact that God has given me gifts in my life. It's my job and it's my responsibility to cultivate those gifts and to use them in a positive fashion to influence people around us. I think that's, that's I think, Personally, that's one of the most flattering ways or one of the most practical ways, I should say, to just live that life that God has intended for us. Like you've been given gifts, like just cultivate those things and those strengths that God gave you. Like recognize the fact that they're gifts, grow those things and, 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 and do the things that you need to do to strengthen them and use that to influence people around you and your community positively. I just, I think that's the most practical way to go about it. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Going off that question, what's the hardest part about identifying with God? Explaining what that means. Mm. I mean, I'm serious. I am, I am not the smartest person you have ever met. <laughs> not, but I'm also definitely not the dumbest. But I think, and you know, a lot of times for me personally, I don't have a theolo theology background. Like I'm not, I'm not, I can read scripture as well as anyone. I struggle with KJV because that's like 16th century Elizabethan England, man. I don't know that. I don't know what thou hast doth mean. And if I sit in church service where religious leaders in front of the service and he's saying that, like I look around and I see people nodding their heads and I just want to raise my hand and be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> does, anybody, does anybody here know what that means? Because I don't know what that is, but I think practical part of it is like I can read the words and I can read that book and I read those words in that book and I'm like all right how do I do it I mean you know and so I've always felt like the most the messages that have most resonated with me because I'm a teacher and a coach man like everything I get across has to be as simple as ABC and one two three because then I can turn around and I can go do it right but I've always felt like the scriptures it's there and it's like and it's the word and it's those things but I've always felt 
It's so beneficial to say, all right, Rodney, here's what it says. Here's what it means. Here's how you go do it. So I think something like that with a question like that is, how do I go do that? And how do I approach that question in that mindset in a sense that's this is what it actually means and this is how I actually do it? Because I think until until there we cut through the gray area and the abstraction of that, that's a really that's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. I mean, when I thought about this question, like the first thing that came to mind was what's the hardest thing is dying to yourself. And you kind of touched on it a little bit. But when, when you die to yourself, you not only have to surrender to God, you, I mean, you can only lose, I mean, you can also lose friends, you can lose family. And mm. I mean, things that you cling to and was your identity for a long time. For sure. No, and that's the, and the part of the human nature aspect of that is we would rather be wrong in a group than right by ourselves. Mm, right. That's, I mean, at a basic human nature fundamental level. And that's such a difficult thing. Like for me, you know, you know, now where I am, you know, in this chapter of my life, I, like, I don't, I'm an early bird. I want to go to bed. My, my wife laughs. Me. Actually, she doesn't. I swear to you. Let me make, let me, let me clarify. I don't think there is a woman with three kids that gets as much sleep as my wife. Okay. <laughs> but we're like, here's my thing. And here's her thing. Like, we're just, we're early birds. I want to go to bed. And I don't, I don't, I don't need to go places and shut down places till two o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't need to do that. Like, I want to go to bed and I want to get up the next morning and I want to go through my routine and I want to feel good and I want to enjoy my kids and I want to enjoy my family and I want to be at my best. But that's just, this is where I am in my life right now. And I just, I don't, I have no desire to change that just because again, like go back to that thing, just like maximize what God gave you and just like, look, like spend that time with him in the morning. Like spend that time with them in the morning, get your mind right for the day, be at your best, feel your best, do like all of those things. And it's just, unfortunately, like through that, sometimes you lose friends and you lose contact with people and it's, that can get to be a lonely road. Sometimes it really can be, but I also, I just, it's just not really something I'm willing to compromise. Don't get me wrong. We go, we guys look like we have tons of fun with our friends and we go to weddings and we do that and those sorts of things. But most nights I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed and I want to get up in the morning and I want to feel good and I want to go do those things. And if that, if that, if that has cost me friends, however long it's been, I, I'm not interested in that. They we weren't really friends to begin with because exactly. that's the life that I want to live. And I just, so we live our life right now. And it's just, I, I, I wouldn't change that for anything. Yeah. I mean, that's a good life to live too. It's just, yeah, it's, it's hard, it's hard at a lot, a lot of points. But I think it's worth it at the end. Uh, but when you think about identifying with Christ, you think about words like saved and reconciled and forgiven. But in this fallen world, you're constantly told that you aren't any of those things. How do you consistently remind yourself of that fact? The central message of Christianity is love, right? I mean, and in the end, it is, right. correct? Right. I think the thing that I've always clung to and held on to was the fact that God does not love me because of me. God loves me in spite of me. Mm-hmm. Like there he stood with open arms when I should have gotten the lashing there. He stood with open arms and welcomed me in. Right. And despite all of those things and all the things that I've done wrong and all, cause I have, again, I've lived, I live a real life. Mm-hmm. Like I have and I do, but the, that's that, to me, 
the central message of Christianity, the one of forgiveness and of hope and of love. And it's, but it all goes back to that word. And then it goes back to the wisdom and the philosophy of the book. It just all does, you know, and, and again, just because you have conversations, I've, like, I keep saying that with people that I'm like, look, like, even if, even if you don't read the Bible for your theological outlook as a point right now, at least appreciate the wisdom and philosophy of the book. There's just never in the history of human life on the planet, there's never been a greater philosophical text than the Bible. There just hasn't been the words there. And if you, if you immerse yourself in it to any degree, it'll envelop you. And the message of it is is such an incredibly inspiring one. Like you got to turn off the noise of social media and you got it. You got to, you got to get away from those things. And again, Got to understand that God is love and God is hope, and He is all of those things, not because of me, but in spite of me. Period. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When I reflect on this question, like my mind went right to Matthew ten, that Matthew ten verse, and it says, "You will, you, you will be hated by all because of my name, but is the one who has endured it to the end who will be saved." And like. That's just remind everyone that we are not of this world. We we are literally called to, that we are going to be hated by this world. And in order to remind myself of that, anyways, you've got I got to be willing to just let God show me the way and how to get through anything that you face. Like you have to you have mm-hmm. to literally die to yourself. Like I said earlier, and like you said, let God's love shine through you. At all times, no matter if you, no matter if you have a theological conversation, just being who you are and being, mm-hmm. being who God called you to be is so important. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a struggle. That's really a struggle for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. And, and even let's be real. Like we've all, everyone struggles with that at some point in time, but it gets back to the conversation of God gave you strengths for a reason, like use them in his name. Right. Your life is your testimony. The way that you live your life, not your words, not the things that you say, not the things that you put on social media, not those things. In the end, your life is a reflection, mm-hmm. right? Because in the end, it just ultimately, it just is. You choose how you remembered. Let it be a reflection of his word. Amen. Yeah, that's such a good word. Finally, last question I had for you. What would you say to someone that's, maybe struggling with knowing what their identity should be in. I think, you know, because of the nature of what I do professionally, there's so many ways that I could go off and answer that. But I, I, the thing that I encourage everyone to know is like that everything that we're doing here is temporary. It's just temporary. It's just temporal. It's the way that it is. Whether you are, you are, whether your world is ball sports right now, or it is whatever activities that you're involved in, or you're a fitness guy, or you're this thing. Some point in time, we're not going to have those. We're just not. It's the way that it is. And eventually, once again, we all succumb, right? So whatever that thing is, just understand you're only going to have that thing for so long. And I think I want to say, have you ever read Seven Habits of Highly Successful People? What author is that by? Mm, you're going to ask me that round. Uh, Covey, Stephen Covey's his name. No, I haven't. Bore you to tears, speaker. <laughs> Wonderful writer. Bore you to tears, speaker. I hope he doesn't watch this. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if he's on your subscription list or not. I, I literally, he dedicates a section of that book to that topic. 
And because you know, people identify with their spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, job, money, this, that, sport, the other. He provides a pretty practical way to go back to approach it. Cause again, I, again, I'm just so, I'm so practically minded. Like this is what it says. This is how it go do it. We'll come back to a question like that. I think it just needs to be on the radar first. It's like, look, you cannot live a spouse centered life. You cannot live a this centered life. You cannot live a that centered life, but here's why. And here's how you go back to what really needs to be the core values and principles of your life. And he goes into the book. He's like, look, it has to be a God centered life. But here's the fundamental reason why he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm not cramming this down your throat. I'm just explaining to you, like, it's your essence. Like you were designed to believe this is what it needs to be in. And here's why it needs to be in it. It's, it was, it was I, I found so much truth and so much value in the way that he unpacked and explained that. And again, those things are going to be gone at some point in time. And when you're there, all by your lonesome and the, the wee morning hours or late at night, you're going to turn into a direction and it really needs to be up. Yeah, exactly. My baseball coach up here always says, be in the word more than you're in the world. And mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't just an athlete question. It's a people question. At some point you got to ask yourself, who are you and what, what are you invested in? And if it's not God, there's a big problem there. Yeah. And again, that comes back to, having those talks and those mm-hmm. discussions, you know, and it's like, and a lot of it is again, back to a lot of us don't get to have, a lot of people don't have those discussions. Cause you know, if we're not having at home and we're not having them at church and we're not having them with, you know, again, you, you play sports and there's been that link for you between what you're doing between sports and your religious views and those sorts of things. That's tremendous. That's great. It should be that way. But how many people out there can hear are that don't have that? Right don't have that structure and that's a really sad thing but that's again why it's so important that you just have those discussions with people every day and it's like hey man look that there's i saw I was at church last weekend there's a church there's a seat open over there there's plenty of seats open you should come give it a whirl I'm not cramming it down your throat i'm just i really think you'd find a lot of value in it that goes such a long way and you know maybe maybe that resonates with somebody and you say that for three or four weeks and you look over and then there's that person sitting there in church and you're just like that's awesome like that's that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are not forced, or we are not supposed to force anything down somebody's throat. We're just, mm-hmm. we are literally called to plant a seed and let God grow that seed. Mm-hmm. But Coach Keller, thank you again for coming on. I had a blast talking with you. I am truly blessed to know you as a human being and to just have you on this podcast is just a cherry on top. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you making up nice things to say about me. <laughs> I and mean, again, I love what you're doing, man. Keep fighting that good fight out there, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach. Uh, For everybody listening out there, remember to like, subscribe, leave a rating and review uh, for the podcast. It really helps us out. Again, thank you for listening. And remember that no matter what, God loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. I'll talk to you next time.